Hello, this is Amanda, and I'm a beautiful creepster, and you're currently listening to a Paranormal Chicks. Now, get ready, and get creepy. Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings, 16. Whew. That was a lot of S's. You know who else has an S? Who? Manda Sporadico. <laughs> Sporadico, Sporadico. Echo, echo. Anyway, <laughs> she got to introduce the episode because she's a beautiful creepster. As part of the Creepinati, a.k.a. Patreon, a.k.a. if you want to do it, head on down. To the price is right. Well, I was thinking the twist and shout. <laughs> Either way, you're a winner. Mm-hmm. You're a winner, Harry. So, like Harry said, head on down to www.patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. And with that, let's start the show. Okay. Hi, Donna and Carrie. I'm sorry this is going to be lengthy. I have a hard time organizing my thoughts, especially when I'm excited. But I heard the end of episode 8 of Sinister Sightings, you wanted to hear our boogeyman stories. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, I actually have something. Oh, my God. Yes, girl. Yes. So excited. And we are the queen of long-windedness. I know. I also wanted to say thank you. So that is what the first part of this email is about. I apologize for any grammatical errors. Errors those two. I'm usually good with writing, but who really knows? The pine trees are to mark a new paragraph since I apparently cannot tab over for an indent. <laughs> indent. God. You know, she may say she's got grammatical errors, but I can't freaking read. <laughs> I legit said though, why she got Christmas trees on this? <laughs> now we know. Yep. Okay. My name is Opal, and I just joined the Facebook page a week or so ago. I only started listening to the podcast after I finished all the episodes of My Favorite Murder in October of this year, so if you read this, I will probably hear it in weeks later. I'm in art school, living in a single dorm due to medical issues, so I am almost always alone besides going to class. Since I live locally, I also go home every weekend and I get lonely. I start listening to Georgia and Karen of MFM and I feel at ease. I felt like I was part of a conversation without being exhausted afterwards. I'm an introvert, though can be extroverted if I need be. Sidebar, I totally understand that. I it Like yeah. you are an extroverted introvert and I totally get that. Yeah. Because I'm the exact same way. It's like you have to go home and decompress because... You know, being social and all yeah. that is absolutely exhausting. <laughs> okay, let me go back. But she said, but then when I finished it, I didn't know how else to fill my empty room. I'm a watercolorist and a crafter, so I need something of substance to listen to. Music doesn't really have the same effect on me. So I looked at my Spotify queue and started to listen. I was hooked. You both are so different from Georgia and Karen, but I have the same sense of belonging and I laugh just the same. Plus, I always wheeze, in parentheses, I have asthma, when Donna starts cracking up. <laughs> so I just wanted to say thank you, and that I am also amazed yet grateful that your podcast listener group isn't as big as MFM because you two are awesome and also able to directly connect on Facebook and get to know everyone by name and such. Oh, that's so sweet. Opal, thank you so much. And we know you from Instagram. Mm -hmm. We follow you, and you are 
freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad we're finally getting to, we're getting up to date on all the Sinister Sightings. So now we're here and hopefully you're up to date too. So you get to hear it. But thank you so much. Your words mean so much to us. Like seriously, don't make me tear up. Well, and I just also have to say, like, shout out slash props to Donna because she's so good at remembering everything about everybody. Oh, my God. Don't make me tear and up. I am not. It's just not one of my strong points, suits, whatever. It's, it ain't me. I try. <laughs> I really try. But Donna's like, yeah, you know, she did da 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 And I'm like, oh, yeah. But she can name off like 10 things. Donna could be like 21 questions about each one of (laughs) y'all. Well, I know because people are my passion along with paranormal. Hey, people in the afterlife, people in the real life. I mean, equal opportunity over here. In my head, I was trying to, because you did so many peas, I was trying to figure out how I could make that into like the little book from uh, Puppy puppy Popped His Puppy Little Head. I was like, people from the afterlife. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, it didn't work, but in my head, it was good. That is so funny. I thought you were going to say that flying purple people eater. Oh, one-eyed, one-horn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> you know him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? One-eyed, one-eyed one-horn? one-horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And you said it, like, with the right inflection. <laughs> oh, yeah. One-eyed, one-horn? <laughs> okay so anyway i wonder if his best friend's jeffrey dahmer people eater that was a good one but that was good okay i kept going one on one horn (laughs) dahmer eat the eye and the horn damn okay anyway so shit so the point of all that is thank you and that's all donna in a good way Thank you. Okay. Both of y'all. She says, so here's the real point of my email. Finally. She says, not not, <laughs> not me. I live in Maine, about an hour and a half away from my grandma's house in Oakland. Her house is on Mesolonsky Lake, which is huge. Across the lake from her house are two other houses, but also train tracks. When I was little, probably five or six, my dad would pick me up from my mom's house and take me and my older sister who is eight years older than me, BTW. So if you're bad at math, hey, Donna, she's about 13, 14. (laughs) Damn, I did need that, so (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thanks for looking out for me, Opal. She said, this will provide context for later. Okay, so her dad picked her up from her mom's and going to take her to grandparents' house on the weekends and sometimes for a little while in the summertime, too, because, you know, swimming. Girl, yes. Their house is super retro, totally 70s. On the outside, there's brown wooden shingles and god-awful beige stucco. Plus, some trimming areas are fire engine red. For the most part, it is a pretty attractive house, but the colors are not what I would have chosen. Anyway, cue my mom's eye roll and audible sigh for putting unnecessarily unnecessary details into my story. I do that all the time, and Uh it makes it better. Absolutely. Paints a picture. Remember that whole picture it? Mm Mm-hmm. I was super gullible as a little kid because I was shy and really just wanted to please everyone to avoid humiliation or embarrassment, whether it was really something to be upset about or not. Oh, I do that too. My dad and sister would always pull my leg. I mean, heck, the whole family would. But the one time I really remember it 
was the period of time when I would get upset at bedtime and wouldn't be able to go to sleep because the house, the sheets, the room itself didn't smell the same as my mom's house. I was, and still am at 19 years old, a very particular and sensitive person just in general. I was very attached to a security blanket named Boppy, and I would bring it everywhere. It smelled like our house, and sometimes I would forget to pack it in my overnight bag. To combat my extreme stubbornness and contempt about this, my grandma and dad got me some substitute boppies, and they were just weird. I thought they were fat, fat and stiff and smelled like a closet, which, to be fair, is where they lived while I wasn't there. And I'm not fat shaming. This boppy just wasn't my cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I totally understand. I mean, everybody has a type. So I mean, he, I don't like thick blankets, and whew. and I do. Yep, we literally had this conversation an hour ago. Yep. So I'm here, like five or six years old, trying to go to sleep with the closet smelling, stiff feeling, fake news ass Bobby <laughs> <laughs> in a room that doesn't smell like my house. My sister is already asleep or just pretending to be, so she doesn't have to talk to me in a dark room with nothing to do. It. Is your sister Carrie and I'm you? Because this is our vacations. Because <laughs> look, y'all, something is wrong if I can't go straight to sleep. I mean, as soon as I put the candy crush down, I am out. <laughs> Every night around the same time, the train would come by. I'm not sure what time it was because an hour feels like 10 hours to a kid and five hours feels like an eternity. I'd guess like 9 or 10 p.m. though, because in the summer, the sun sets later and later at like 8 p.m. sometimes. And then it's fully dark all of a sudden. It wasn't just chugging along. It was like someone was announcing their arrival with the freaking whistle. Sound really carries over water, and I don't know how no one else was bothered or woken up by this disturbance. Eventually, I would go to sleep after a while. Naturally, every morning I would be tired Because I'd wake up at 6 a.m. ready to go and no one is awake yet. I'd play by myself and sometimes talk to my sister even though she was asleep so I could entertain myself. That really is you, Donna. It it really is. Opal, you're my doppelganger. Just younger and more creative. I'd complain about the train sometimes, so she definitely wasn't asleep because after a long time of this cycle... During a stubborn bedtime episode of trying to get me to go to sleep, my dad and my sister decided they were going to tell me a bedtime story. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. They proceeded to tell me about the one-fingered man of Mesolonsky Lake. The man who lives at the bottom of the lake is gaunt and visibly starving, wears scraggly, ripped, and torn clothes. He, too, is woken up by the train whistle. They told me if I wasn't asleep by the time the train came and rang its whistle, the one-fingered man would walk out of the lake to outside of our room, soaking wet, and tap on the window with his finger. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. They said if he found out I was awake, he would eat me alive. They said he goes to all the houses where he knows there are children and checks every night by tapping on the window. I would assume like three times, because three is a creepy number, until he gets his meal. (laughs) Until he gets his meal. Then, I guess he goes back into the lake until the next night. So, of course, I'm like, uh, what the fuck, and scared out of my mind. That night, I stayed up for what felt like all night. And right before I heard those whistles, I was thinking how I had to pee, 
But then I heard them and I started to shake and close my eyes pretending not to be awake. I was afraid to open them until I finally fell asleep. I think that went on for probably a week. Right? Because then I would be like, am I going to hear the taps tonight? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd be like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, and then wouldn't be able to. Yeah. A couple of years later, she reminded me of the one-fingered man when my cousins were here from Virginia, and since they were all around my sister's age at the time, all they wanted to do was sunbathe on my grandparents' floating dock. She told me that the lake foliage, like seaweed and lake grass that would touch my feet, was him reeling me under. Uh-uh! Or when fish would bite you because you were walking through their nests, but you couldn't see them, it was because he was actually biting you. To my little brain, the logic of a full-grown man being able to bite your toes in three feet of water was obviously over my head, but to this day, I still think about it, and every time I'm at their house and the train goes by, I think of the one-fingered man who I was terrified would come to my window every night, tap on our window with his one and only finger, and eat me alive. I think about that even when it's daytime. Other than that, I didn't really have a boogeyman, at least... Not that comes to mind other than that. Okay, I'm going to help you out, Opal, because that is scary as shit, because I'm picturing it. But here's what got me. Like, here's what got me over being super scared of this, because already I was like, "Mm, too visual. Picture him tapping with his pinky. You can't be scared of a man Mm -hmm. who has to tap with his pinky. Also, you should know that she's tapping the air with her pinky. (laughs) She said, now whenever I've brought it up, my dad fiercely denies any mention of the story, but I don't trust him because he used to have really bad road rage when I was little, and now he denies that too. Though, maybe he doesn't remember it from, like, sleep deprivation, because this past year he found out he has sleep apnea, which caused his grinding, so it might have been that. My sister also ground her teeth at night. (laughs) So, possibly that's why they were trying to get some Z's without me waking them up, like, every two seconds. Sorry that was so freaking long, but I thought this story had to be told. It is such an older sister thing to do, and to have my dad piggyback on her, or vice versa, is just so classic that I don't even know what to say. It's funny now, but so cruel. Thank you for all you do and give Marbu a treat from me, Opal. P.S. In some of the first episodes when y'all were talking about Carrie wearing like two shirts, pants, and socks to bed, <laughs> it reminded me of myself, but also this horribly hilarious story of a Tinder date I had last winter because I do the same. Oh my God. <laughs> but I'll save that for another email. Girl. Send it. Yes. Oh my God. I have to hear about this date. One, thank you for the boogeyman story. Very classic. Thank you for all the compliments. Oh, yeah. But I don't thank you for perpetuating Donna's fear of water that she can't see the bottom of. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Girl, I wouldn't get up in that water to save my life. If I can't see it, Mm -mm. if it's not in a cement pond, (laughs) a.k.a. a pool. I ain't ever getting Donna back in the ocean. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Unless it's like really clear. Then you're not going to do it because then you'd just be able to see all the fish. And for some reason, fish aren't around. My, my, sorry, this is tangent time. My aunt, they go to Hawaii a lot and they stay at this really nice resort. And she was telling me that they have nets. No. Yes. In this one part and they go like so far down. So there's like hardly any fish. Like it's like. 
if it's a something it's you know like i'm just saying like a minnow but it's yeah you know what i mean i was like uh what again i had to shell out fucking money oh to get lots of money but also they know how to get people in because people who have phobias like me that's what you have to do like where do i want to go for vacation hawaii that resort that time and also carrie because then she wants to be in the water Mm-hmm. If there's a beach vacation and I'm involved, you know where to find me. In the ocean. Not laying out on it. In it. Hey, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks, and I really enjoy all the great paranormal and true crime stories. I have two short stories for your next listener episode. They're both stories I have heard numerous times from my mother. Okay, the first one happened when my mother was in college in the late 1960s. She and a couple of other college girls decided it would be fun to play around with the Ouija board. Nope. They asked the board all the normal questions. Will I get married? What will my husband look like? Etc. As they progressed, my mom started to feel really creeped out about the whole situation and was happy when the other two girls got bored with the board. Wait a minute. (laughs) And went to bed. A few hours later, my mom woke up with a weird feeling and looked toward the end of her bed where she saw what looked like a large black mist. Did they not close that board out? I don't think so. She felt like whatever it was was staring back at her. She said it didn't seem interested in the other two girls sleeping in the room. After a few minutes, the mist did not move, and she pulled the blankets over her head, eventually falling asleep. However, she kept feeling like it stayed there for most of the night. Mm -mm. Holy Hannah. Because she was the sensitive one. Yes. And they weren't, oh which gosh. is which is why she got a bad feeling yeah. and was, over, you know what I mean? Uh-uh. See, that's some fucking shit that would happen to me if I used a damn Ouija board. <laughs> Everybody else would be fucking fine and I'd have the mist at the end of my bed interrupting my damn sleep. And you know I'm not okay with that. <laughs> It'd be having to tap. It'd be having to. It'd be having to tap with this <laughs> damn pinky. <laughs> <laughs> The second experience happened when she was pregnant with me in late 1976. She and my father were visiting my father's parents in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. They had gone to bed in the guest room, even though she felt uneasy about that room. In the middle of the night, something woke her up and she looked around. That's when she saw a dark mass hanging in the air above where she was laying on the bed. She said it felt very oppressive and scared the crap out of her. So much so that she pressed her eyes shut and actually started praying, which is not a normal thing for her to do since she's not very religious. She said suddenly she felt me kick in her belly, which caused her to open her eyes and she saw the mass start to disappear. After that, she refused to sleep in that room again whenever they visited the in-laws, which wasn't very much since they divorced a little over a year later. Hope you like my stories and creep it real, Jen. My God. Whoa. How does your mom sleep? Right. (laughs) Whew. That's, that had me on the edge of my my seat. It's hard to read when you're like, like, I know, when you're like, I know, I know, you're like, I want to read it faster. Yes. But then I want them to understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like, I wonder if she would have seen that had she not been opened up from the Ouija board. Ooh. Wow. Your poor mom. Like, it's crazy how instinctually you know to do like to pray or the people who have said that they just like say Jesus. You know, like you instinctually just 
do what you should do to get out of the situation, you know? Yeah. All right. This one is from Creep Mom, a.k.a. Teresa. I wish we could be like, fanfare. Do you remember that on the little keyboards that it would have, like, pre-made uh-huh. thing and it was like fanfare? Yes. <sighs> okay, sorry. Memory lane. Hey, y'all. I was on my commute home listening to the latest Sinister Sightings episode, and I decided I should throw a little love Carrie's way and send you a true crime-related <laughs> story. Don't worry. I still have a few paranormal stories up my sleeve for another time. Yes. When I was a wee creep mom about... <laughs> oh my god when i was a wee creep mom about eight or nine years old my family lived in charleston south carolina my dad was in the navy and was stationed there he often spent four to five months at a time away from the home on a ship during one of these times my mother was home with my younger sister who was still a baby it was the middle of the day so i was still at school My mother was spending the day starching my dad's white dress uniform. You know those men in those white, Mm -hmm. navy, formal, pitter-patter, man in uniform. Oh, my God. How old are you? Pitter-patter. I mean, I was just channeling my inner Blanche. Oh, not the same ones. (laughs) Oh. She said, you know the ones, all white with a black neckerchief. She said, think Popeye. Yeah, I thought that was blue. Like a navy blue. Maybe is it, I swore it was the navy that wore, like their formal was the all white. And the marines is like the black. Oh, whatever. Okay, anyway. Now, when I say starching, I mean she was boiling starch in a big pot on the stove and letting the uniform soak in it. Oh my gosh. Then she hung them on the clothesline to dry. When they dried, they would be stiff as a board and nearly stand up on their own. (laughs) After a couple of hours, she went to the backyard to bring them in, and they were nowhere to be found. They done walked off. Uh-huh. She thought maybe a dog had pulled them off the line, <laughs> but a dog would have left them laying somewhere nearby. She couldn't find them in the yard anywhere, not even along the edge of the woods that bordered our yard. Even though she felt a little silly, she called the local police. <laughs> she gave her address and told them that two full Navy uniforms with our last name on the breast pocket had disappeared from the clothesline. The dispatcher immediately said, oh, we know where they are. Oh, fuck. My mother said, I don't think so. It just happened a little while ago. The dispatcher assured her they know the whereabouts of the uniforms and told her an officer would be over with them shortly. When the officer showed up, he explained that two convicts had been working on the road crew (laughs) just on the other side of the woods. They slipped slipped away and came into our backyards and took the uniforms. They changed clothes in the woods, hiked through a swampy area, and started hitchhiking along the highway. Oh, my gosh. They were discovered missing, and reports came in of two sailors with the same last name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. Two sailors with the same last name hitchhiking. Fortunately, they were captured, and everything was resolved before my sister even woke up from her nap. The only thing left to take care of were the uniforms returned by the officer. When he tried to give them to my mother, they were completely covered with mud and slimy swamp algae. She wouldn't touch them and had him throw them on the garage floor, where they stayed until my dad got home a couple months later. (laughs) What have we learned? Let your husband do his own damn laundry. That's right. (laughs) 
I'm sure it was terrifying for my mother to stay by herself with two small kids for so long, but she stayed Southern and didn't get messy. She and my dad are gone now, but I'm sure they would have loved telling you this story. Aww. Thanks again for keeping me company on my daily drive and for bringing together the Creepster community. I'm honored to be a part of it. Lots of love, Teresa. Oh my God, you're a huge part. If you don't know, she's our moderator, a.k.a. our creep mom. A.k.a. our advice giver. Mm-hmm. She knows all. She, everything. Yes. Also, I can just picture the two convicts, they're coming up, and then they think they see two people, and they're like, oh, fuck. Because, you know, it's mm-hmm. all like. Standing there. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, dude, this was meant for us. It's almost like the moment that they realized it wasn't. A human being or a scarecrow they went mm-hmm. yes. like the white with yes. like a glow around them <laughs> i could see a halo oh my gosh that is so funny. and i love that it's like there's two sailors with the same last name right? like also, they could be brothers they could <laughs> meanwhile though i would not have called the cops like, I would never yeah. have thought. I've been like, God dang it. Somebody stole my shit. Yeah. Although, you wouldn't want them, like, that's a real uniform. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't want them. So, I guess I can kind of understand, but. Yeah. That is great. I love that story. hmm Hello. Oh. <laughs> is that right? Is that yeah. how it goes? Yeah. I have a couple of quick paranormal stories, or at least I believe they are. First was when my husband and I were living in his grandmother's basement apartment. His uncle had lived down there previously and passed away in the bedroom from an unknown cause. One day, I was taking a shower and listening to music on the Bluetooth speaker. In the middle of my shower, the music stopped, so I thought the battery had died. After I finished, I went to plug in the speaker to charge. I saw that the switch was in the off position. I was the only one in the house at the time, so I guess Uncle Tony doesn't like my taste in music. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Second was a time I went to visit my sister-in-law in in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Whew. Surprised I was able to do that. That was good. Yeah. This is a creepy little town, and she lives in a house that's over 100 years old. One night, we were all sitting listening to her tell my husband and I about a paranormal experience she had recently had in her kitchen. While listening, I went into what felt like a trance. I was petting her dog and just started staring into its eyes. Suddenly, the dog started barking at me and broke whatever trance I was in. I was super freaked out, so I noped the fuck out of staying the night and stayed in a seedy-ass motel. Oh, my God! I haven't been back there since. Thanks for the amazing podcast, Casey Sarvello. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Nope, nope, nope. Something was Zach Bagans you. <laughs> Bagansing you. Anyway, whatever. You were getting possessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Well, one, that is creepy. The first story, like thinking, okay, the battery died. And then you look and it's like, oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And then the second one. I would have Mm -hmm. noped right out of there, too. Yeah. You did what you should have. (laughs) Man's best friend. He got you out of that trance. Dogs know. Dogs know. Dogs and cats, they fucking know. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was good, and I loved your holer. Thank you to everyone who sent in your stories. We love getting them. Keep sending them. More Sinister Sightings coming your way. Just send them to us. 
our email, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com, or you can send them to us through the website, www.aparanormalchicks.com, and you can check out all the things on the website. Anything else? Just to remember? Creep it real and don't get scared. scared.